Hi, this is Mark Graben from Kinexus. We hosted a webinar on August 23rd that was presented by Sam McPherson, and Sam had a lot of great stuff to share. We ran out of time. We didn't really have time for Q&A, so Sam agreed to record um, audio Q&A after the webinar, which we're happy to present here. If you want to hear the webinar, you can listen to it as episode 46 of this podcast series, or you can go to kinexus.com. You can find it in uh, the webinar library, webinars on demand. You can see the slides, hear the audio synced to that, and I uh, hope you enjoy that and or enjoy some good Q&A based on that here. Thanks for listening. Well, Sam, thanks for agreeing to do uh, Q&A after your webinar here is a, a special podcast that we're going to share with everybody. Good to talk to you again. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to share with the Kinexus audience. So uh, great, great opportunity. Thanks. Yeah. So here's some bonus time uh, for everybody. And one question that came in, you know, you talked about the 5% of organizations estimate, you know, that have seen continued success with lean. How many companies would you say are, are represented uh, across that data and that study? Uh, you know, I, I, I can't I can't really uh, give, I, I guess, when I did get the information and ARC got the information from the Shingo Institute, the one thing that they, they didn't really do was kind of give us what the size of the population was. They just gave us the numbers, uh, you know, but, you know, with close to, you know, 20 years or so of doing the Shingo Prize, generally probably somewhere in the neighborhood of recognizing about 10 organizations per year, but probably 25, 30 organizations uh, that actually, you know, submit for it, you know, get some rough calculations out of that. Uh, so I'd say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 300, 400 organizations over the, the number of years that, uh, that they've been doing it. Uh, but, you know, I would say, you know, the size of the lean transformation or at least the lean, you know, uh, the lean tool and transformation community is 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 pretty large. Uh, but I would I, I will tell you uh, one economist uh, told me that has uh, some uh, some pretty good uh, inside the, the Wall Street, uh, you know, you know, uh, census of, of, you know, lean CEOs and lean organizations. Told me you probably count on two hands the number of organizations that actually have fully deployed lean and their lean leadership reflected full belief in the system, uh, and and this was from a from a Wall Street financial guy that was really um, really familiar with with lean that uh, uh, that I'm reaching out to on the business model side. So, you know, you think of got think about organizations like Lazy Boy, uh, you know, or, or you know, OC Tanner, you know, Auto Leave, you know, there's still too few numbers of organizations that have become exemplars of full functional transformation uh, to lean, and even on the graph, you know, the current state of lean, where I had the the B uh, trend line. I would say you would even find someone like uh, AutoLeave in in that category because uh, getting to the A uh, trajectory that you would get with with say Toyota, 
is is limited because it, it's a family-owned business, and the and the the organizational leaders uh, move up into vice president roles, and then there's turnover. If they're going to, when they go outside of the organization, they bring their skill at leading at that level. Uh, and they take that out of the organization, and so what you find then is now you have to now you have to train up another vice president uh, to lead at that VP level uh, in a organization that is that is operating on a lean model. So uh, so sometimes the organizations. Uh, uh, governance uh, uh, structure can can contribute to that, and there are probably more examples of that kind of organization than there are of the organizations that you know that are able to completely you know duplicate themselves and 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 really exponentially grow and and be on that A trajectory, you know. Still, probably a very small population that's at less than five percent. You know, globally, uh, you know, so you probably could smell, fill, fill a small town with that. So, yeah, so clean opportunities. About, yeah, and you're saying about five percent of the 300 or so that were studied. So about 15. Yeah. So, um, so really, when you kind of look at it, uh, there is a, a really small population that is truly deployed lean as their enterprise strategy and has the leadership to continue on with that. Uh, so when you think about it, the the number of exemplars that we like to you know bring up or we'd like to take people to visit, still pretty small community even after all these years, uh, and and it really has a lot to do with what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the presentation uh, with the weak belief in the existing uh, senior management that Lean is a a business system and an operating model versus a collection of tools and shop floor type things. So so I think you're, you, it's a pretty small community. That less than 5% is, is, is pretty much the right ratio. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who point to these different numbers, and there's different estimates. I think sometimes these are unknowable numbers that 90% or 95% of lean transformations either – blank they they fail they degrade they you know they they underperform i mean you know sometimes these studies say well you know the organization didn't hit the goals that they had laid out that doesn't mean it was a total failure maybe they just set goals that were too aggressive um yeah. you know but you know there, there, there's there's times where people who are you know, really, uh, you know, I don't know. They they point to those numbers and they they sort of say, "Well, see, this stuff doesn't work. We 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 should we should quit with this lean business. What what's the point?" And uh, I imagine you would argue that's not the right way to react to to data like this, right? No, absolutely not. It's just it, it, understanding what creates that data is the thing we need to understand. On the other end, believe it or not. Uh, th there's an, another phenomenon where I, I have quite a few lean transformation clients that installed the basic system uh, and, and it performs much better than they expected, 
Uh, and so they're quite happy with that. Uh, you know, they, they may not necessarily want to go to a pull system. They may not necessarily want to create brilliant processes. They're pretty happy with the performance that they have with with basic hour by hour boards and and you know and and having some some problem awareness and having you know the andon system in place and their numbers are great they actually had uh one lean transformation client that briefed their next year's performance on their last year's trajectory of performance and the board of directors had them dumb down the numbers because it it would be unbelievable based on their past couple of years performance that wall street wouldn't quite believe that they could do it so they said you know i just bring it down a little bit so there, there's a couple two or three different phenomena mm -hmm. that may be affecting those 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 beyond the five-year trends that may be internal factors satisfaction factors or external pressure factors that you know you really kind of have to uh have to recognize i never for the life of me thought i'd ever have a board director say hey that's a little aggressive wow why don't you bring that down a little bit <laughs> yeah um so another question, we were talking about the path A, path B, and path C in the webinar, and, and with an attendee asked, how heavily does strategy, either the development of strategy or deployment of strategy, influence the success of path C or getting people onto path C? Yeah, um, uh, get, you know, that goes back to my that, that conversation I had kind of following that slide, uh, the getting to path C, that went back to the Industry Week study and Accenture study uh, back in 2005 that said getting to path C wasn't just the implementation of the component of the system and, and having the culture but it was whether the organization, uh, if it's an operation level, every function, if it's an enterprise, every enterprise function, actually had some version of that as their operating model. So, for example, in pretty much anywhere in Toyota, you know, they manage based on a framework of the Toyota production system. It's just interpreted in different ways ways uh, in in logistics, in sales, in, in product development design. Still, you can take somebody from operations and go into any of those other functions and they're, they're in familiar territory because the, the fundamentals of TPS are actually how they manage the whole business. And, and so what Accenture and, um, and Industry Week was saying was that in order to reach that full uh, trajectory C uh, uh, direction is you had to have the organization and the functional areas actually adopt this, the, the lean model as their model. They just have to translate it into how does, what does that look like for product development design? What does that look like for customer service? What does that look like for inside and outside sales? And so uh, being able to have a leader or, or someone who's, who's helping you uh, translate that into these other key enterprise functions uh, so that there's not two ways of uh, managing the business or or dual systems is is a critical element of that uh, of that you know high results and and high maturity of of lean transformation. Um, uh, that that may answer you know part of that question. Um, the strategy 
really is a maturing process as well. So policy, policy deployment, strategy deployment, you know, as you mature in your belief and understanding of what your lean system's doing for you, you're able to take a little bit more risk in how you're going to strategize that. So I think, I think those are things that also contribute to that, but it, it's more of a maturing process that may take two or three years of having experienced the the system and building, you know, now starting to transfer how you manage the strategy of the business around the system that will get you that year four, year five, year six result as well. Yeah. Um, one other question I was going to ask about the, uh, you know, the, the path A, path B route you know, if you know the the wire mold story which uh was you know art burn as the ceo there um great lean transformation effort that really uh went downhill after art left wire mold had been a acquired by another company so it's kind of the the story turned into a famous sort of rise and fall story was was right. do you think was were they were they path b or you know was art do you think a charismatic leader was he a lean zealot was he a little bit of both do you think no I, I, he was more of the path b charismatic leader uh -huh. uh, and, and why he was a charismatic leader was because he had been through some lean transformation before so by the time he got to wire mold as far as part of turning around wire mold he was a true believer and he was able as a charismatic leader, he built a core team of four or five, uh, you know, such as Ori and, 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 and uh, some of the other guys, uh, you know, and, and, and made true believers out of them. And so when, 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 you know, they built that model and did that transformation, you know, then you had what happens is, you know, you get bought or, uh, uh, Donnelly, uh, you know, is that they build this nice, this very high performing system. It makes them a very, uh, attractive, uh, you know, portfolio, uh, property to, to purchase. But then you come in with, 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 with a board that doesn't understand, uh, and then it, it derails the process, you know. So, so that was a case of the zealot leader. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the charismatic leader. But the charismatic leader, you know, became unhappy with the with with the new ownership. And the same thing happened, you know, at at uh, Donnelly when Magna purchased them, you know. So, uh, you know, the work that Dwayne and and uh, Russ did and and Art did there, and then Magna comes in. And then they're like, oh, that's great, you know. And, but then they're not very supportive of the model. So yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's, that's if you go back to the current state of lean, that's where D and C trajectory takes place. Mm -hmm. um, and when you talked about the three prerequisites for uh, a lean transformation, and uh, I'm going to pull those back up here, uh, strong, clear business case for change, a lean management system and highly engaged and capable leaders. If we were to do have just a verbal Pareto chart here, which of those three is most often missing? Uh, the the actually 
one and three. So uh, one would be the number one because they want to do lean because it's the cool thing to do, or I'm lean sell it, or I did it in my past, you know, and 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 I think we need to do it here. But n no one changes behavior, even organizations, unless there is a catalyst for for that change. Now, this is not that traditional burning platform. This is a realization that the purpose of a business is to create a customer and that you must make a profit in order to survive, Peter Drucker, right? So, so in, in, in a way, it's almost like, like I said earlier, it's like the 12-step program. You know, you have to come to a realization that what you're doing right now will not get different results. And, and so oftentimes there are external forces such as the market, the customer, you know, the, the customer growth and demands, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, shareholder value that kind of drives, you know, you guys have got to change how you're doing things. You're not, you're not achieving the results we need you to achieve. Uh, and that becomes that writing on the wall that says we can't just paint you know, rocks and think they'll do something different for us, you know, you know, do 5S and think that that's going to increase shareholder value and stakeholder value and, right. and, and, and help us grow against our, our, our customers growth plans. And so usually there's a process that I kind of take my clients through that helps to forensically articulate that and, and, uh, and kind of really put that writing on the wall where everybody can see it and says, all right, our customers are growing at this rate. We're we're growing at this rate. We can't keep up with each other. We got to change how we do things. So that, you know, we we really articulate the voice of the customer, the voice of the business, and the voice of the internal customer in a way in which it builds that strong case. And we do a good job. Financially, it becomes important enough for senior leaders to get directly engaged with it in order to ensure the success of achieving those business ends. Uh, and so that that's a process, but it, you know, having that strong business case for change, nobody's going to change unless there is a catalyst for change uh, that that's realized. Um, and in the last part of that, people are, you know, the number two is more of a, you know, well, let's do as many lean tools as we can do uh, versus understanding it as a system. But rarely do we look at building the leadership infrastructure that a true lean organization, a lean enterprise needs in order for it to function to its potential. You know, right. going back to the organizational structure for Toyota. Uh, even though it was an experiment uh, in getting the Andon system to work uh, eh, that determined what the size of the team was that allowed for confidence of engaging the Andon. It ended up being the model for the organization in a lot of different ways. And most people don't realize that uh, outside of the military, a true lean organization is very leadership intensive. Uh, organization you got to build people that are capable of leading and and then of course the results are the performance and the culture that you're looking for right. did that answer your question yeah yeah um a couple different follow-ups i was gonna say so you know you talked about in the, the webinar you brought it up again here the idea that i i think is absolutely it's certainly true you know lean is not just tools and people have been preaching that message for a long time now why does it seem like 
you know, why, why is that message not getting through to organizations? Why do we still still see organizations trying to go down a tool heavy copying implementation path instead of really understanding more the, the, the principles and, and values of lean to help create a management system? Well, I mean, even from just the Toyota production system side of that, so you think about the work that Mr. Cho did while he was there to really kind of articulate, you know, the, the core principles of Toyota. So, so, so even in the early days, trying to use tools is something that people can see, they can touch. Uh, and, and, and if you, and the logic is if I copy this tool, I'll get the same result because a tool's a tool, you know, yeah. uh, the bad part is that sometimes, you know, a hammer's a tool, but to, you know, to, to a hammer, everything's nail, right? So we do kind of the same thing. We try to use one tool that's designed for one thing. Uh, uh, material and information flow analysis tool, which we call value stream and uh, mapping, and and we try to use that for everything, you know, uh, and for th in ways in which it wasn't designed, but it's something we can touch, we can do, and and you know the level of education necessary to do it doesn't require a PhD. Uh, the other elements, I mean, it, if you were to look at, you know, kind of my education system. Uh, kind of the rubric we use inside of Toyota to kind of build, you know, um, you know, leaders in Toyota. You know, you've got you got the house of TPS has you know 22 functional elements that are connected to each other, and there are there are over 360 subsystems and processes that are also critical for the performance. Uh, and, and even inside of Toyota, the kind of rule of thumb was, you know, you get introduced to all of those within three years, but to really master them may take you as long as 12 years, you know? So, yeah. so you know, tools don't take 12 years to, 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 to master, but the real cr critical com uh, elements like uh, on the judoka side of the pyramid, right, of, of the, the house of TPS, you know, in-station process control, you know, separate man from machine, you know, that's probably the least understood, but so core to TPS, but the, but, but that's where the hard math is, right? You know, um, there, there are elements that support that, uh, uh, that, that particular pillar that, uh, that, that such as Rohan Jokin or what we call RJ, which is, 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 the, is actually creating the conditions for quality production, you know, really controlling the actual operational elements of the process to where it is the ideal conditions, the ideal tooling, the ideal material, then you can't do anything but create quality, right? And, yeah. uh, and, and, and so those are very difficult concepts, and it's very difficult to see tools related to that because those are more procedures and policies and, and, and stuff like that, and, and a little bit harder to see when you're on a tour through the plant, you know, yeah. uh, but you can see a Kanban card, right? So mm -hmm. the artifacts you know. of, of yeah. all of that, or yeah. the visible artifacts, but you don't understand, you know, it's difficult to see what, uh, Tom Harada used to call the inside the black box stuff The you know, that that's, you, you have to be there every day to, to understand how it works. Yeah. Now, what, what are artifacts of the, the Toyota concept of respect for people or respect for humanity, Amec? You know, that, uh, 
that's a little more art and soft skills kind of stuff there. Of course, the whole idea of encapsulating the Toyota way uh, was was to try to articulate the beginnings of the artifacts to that. Now, I'd, I'd say the most outward element of that uh, would be you know, engaging people in improving how they do work, engaging people in problem solving, actually having team members capable of leading problem solving activities or quality circle activities. Those are things you can see as part of their culture. Everyone has a little bit of a war story there. The the fact that they have, when you walk into a Toyota plant, um, no matter what they make, you know, forklifts, if you're a team or if you go to Georgetown, uh, you can see the history of the organization uh, in a in a really a trial and error type process. If you go into Toyota Industrial Equipment Manufacturing in Columbus, Indiana, you know, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to you're going to actually see the artifacts of their history. You'll see every you know forklift that they've ever made in almost a mini museum and then you walk down the hall and a visual timeline of their history of how they went from you know japan to the u.s to to write literally you walk into a showroom and you see what they're doing today uh you don't see that kind of visual history and 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 the artifacts of the culture in a lot of other organizations you know I usually have a picture of the owner and make you know a showcase of some of their products, and that's about it. You go into Toyota, you're going to see the timeline of their evolution and development. You will see, you'll actually see, you know, a museum of sorts of of how they did that, and uh, and the other artifacts are on the floor. You know, when you when you talk to the people, you know, uh, you know how they engage. You know, because you. The artifacts of the Toyota production system are the Andon system you can see out there, the teams that you can see, the ownership, the 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 Andon boards. You know, uh, those are things that are so critically different. They're a reflection of their culture, and and believe it or not, you you do see some folks doing a little bit of that, but not as much because it does get into okay when you put an Andon board up and you put an Andon you know cord on the line when somebody pulls it you know the question is what do you do next right so there has to be a there has to be a protocol behind that that becomes part of a leadership management system and some folks are well that's a little bit too far you know uh you know so so i think we from my perspective the artifacts of how toyota leads are are evident in, in how they reach out to the community, how they work with their suppliers, and how they and how their people are engaged when you actually walk into the operation, uh, as well as a visual history uh, that you can see in pretty much every every Toyota plant. You know, you walk into the you know the, kind of the 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 beginnings of you know, you go into Georgetown. Of course, it's being uh, updated right now, but uh, you'll normally go through and see like a little mini history museum hall there of the of Toyota's story and how it translated into Georgetown and 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 the and its evolution at Georgetown. You'll see the same thing in Mississippi, same thing in Buffalo, uh, West Virginia, or or you know Camigo, Japan. So. Uh, the Camigo plant. So, you know, you could you essentially literally trip over their history and their culture and their artifacts. Yeah. Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And um, yeah, it's really, uh, really good to see that in practice. I think that's that's kind of an ultimate sign of respect, not making safety about silly posters and lip service, but but really, truly making it a priority. I think that's that's maybe the ultimate test. Um, on, on the other end of that, I think that's part of the reason why why lean people get off their lean journey so early is is sometimes they don't have those artifacts. That's why I was talking about changing their physical environment, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard not to use the Andon system when you have an Andon system there, right? So, um, so a lot of times, you know, our lean zealots and lean practitioners, you know, I don't want to disrespect anyone, you know, but, you know, it, we, we, we kind of mitigate our risk in really getting lean methodologies and lean mechanisms out there uh, maybe because we don't have the budget for it or whatever, but you know, if it's not an artifact, if it's not something that's physical in the environment that's different, it's very easy for that to go away, right? Because you never knew it was there to begin with, right? So, so, so that's something to really consider: uh, is how strong, how strong are your artifacts? Yeah. Well, Sam, thanks for doing this extra bonus Q&A. Thank you for doing uh, the webinar again today. And if you remind people who are listening, how can they find you online? What's the best way to connect with you? Uh, probably the best way to connect with me is Sam at LeanLeadershipAcademy.com. Uh, Follow me uh, on Twitter at, uh, at LeanLeaderWay. Uh, I'm sorry, anything- cut out. That's at LeanLeaderWay, right? at lean leader way uh and usually most anything you know my thinking or anything i got coming up uh you know i'm going to post it there uh and uh and and you know so send me a note and if you got questions uh reach out to me and and uh, we'll have a good conversation I'm, I'm sure that sure that'll be the case always a good conversation with you sam thank you for presenting today hopefully we'll cross paths soon All right. Thanks, Mark. Hope to see you soon. Let's do this again.